Hello and welcome to Money Life and wish you all a happy new year. As we start Jan 2024, I think the memories that all of you have over the, about the last three days is the crowds and the rush to go anywhere, especially if you're a Mumbai cut, but it's happening all over the country. Increasingly, Indians are becoming more affluent, at least a certain segment is, and they are desperate for holiday destinations. In this situation, can you imagine that Lavasa City, India's first planned private hill station, lies in a shambles? Lavasa City nestles in the majestic Western Ghats. It was styled on the lines of the Italian town of Portofino. It was a massive 12,500 acres, beautifully designed with lakes, resorts, what have you. And it's like a lot of big over ambitious projects bankrupt. So it started in around 2000, set up by Ajit Gulabchand's Hindustan Construction Company. This had a 68.7% stake in Lavasa Corporation, it was a subsidiary. And it, the first phase was being built, which was huge. It was centralized planning and maintenance, even the water supply and everything was being done privately. There were a bunch of subsidiaries that were spawned by Lavasa Corporation that would construct roads, run sanitation, hospitality, what have you. They even had permission to construct three trams on the Varaskau River and build thousands of different segments of homes bungalows for different kinds of investment. Now, in 2018, it was dragged to the bankruptcy court, not by public sector banks who were owed the highest amount of money, but by a private company. Because by then the project was mired in controversy, typical of such large projects. There were environmental concerns. There was issues with how land was acquired and complaints about it. The controller, controller and auditor general had passed strictures on how the Maharashtra government had failed to keep an eye on what was going on. And in fact, way back in 2010, construction was actually halted by an order by, from the Union Environment Ministry. At this point, Lavasa city was supposed to have five small cities inside it. Two were built, a city center, a fancy place was built, many resorts were already operational, large sporting events and rallies were being conducted there, a retirement home was functioning, the schools, colleges, all this had happened when just two out of the five towns inside the city were complete. Now, despite the enormous political influence of the HCC group and Ajit Gulabchand himself and their connections to the Sharad Pawar family, Lawasa's issues and its debts escalated to unmanageable levels. Project, remember, is not even halfway point. Now, large bankruptcies, like I said, usually follow a pattern. Public sector banks, especially when it's a politically powerful group, lend recklessly and blindly. So here they were owed over almost a bulk of the 8,000 crore of debts. Bankruptcy proceedings, like I said, were started by Raj Infrastructure Development India. That is another issue not relevant to the column that I'm talking today, but once the company was admitted to resolution, then there is a moratorium on all actions. And the centrally managed systems began to crumble because funds dried up. There were no funds in the first place. Now, 
did the bankruptcy go smoothly? You would think there would be plenty of buyers because tourism and Indian tourism is pretty hot sector in the last few years. But no, there was no interest. Instead, there were legal challenges on every aspect of the resolution. So first there were challenges from the banks themselves on bringing all the subsidiary companies under the common resolution process. So these companies were like Dasway Retail, Varaska, Power Supplies, even Power was going to be supplied there. They were going to build dams, like I said. So there's many, a bunch of subsidiaries. They wanted them all to be part of the resolution process, which as you know, all legal proceedings in India take time. Doesn't matter, bankruptcy was supposed to happen fast. So this went on, the consolidation happened, yet no serious bidders. Finally, in 2021, the committee of creditors comprising mainly of secured creditors approved a 1,814 crore bid by the Darwin Group, hardly known. The others who had shown interest, the Haldiram Consortium and Anirudh Deshpande, who has built a town called Amanara and Pune, seem to have lost interest somewhere along the way. Darwin Platform Infrastructure Limited, a company owned by Ajay Harinath Singh, not very well known, specializes in construction and hospitality and promised to bring him 1,814 crore. In spite of this, remember, banks are writing off 80% of their loans. The proposal was that he would inject working capital funds, complete the township, redeem non-convertible debentures issued by Lavasa. These have a security and provide an exit for 1,100 home buyers whose investment has been stuck for over 12 years. Now, all this went through various iterations, the bids were revised in the process, multiple rounds of discussions, feasibility and viability checks about the person making the bid. Finally, with a 96.4% approval by the Committee of Creditors, the National Company Law Tribunal, which handles bankruptcy, approved of the resolution on 27 July 2023. You would think this would come to an end and the revival would start? No way. The legal challenges continued. In fact, that somebody should keep litigating makes you wonder whether they want the resolution to go through or not. So one set of people with possibly a valid irritation were the home buyers. They were obviously dissatisfied because they had invested 40 to 50 lakhs each between 2008 and 2014. And the resolution required them to take a 60% haircut. That means money that they had paid, 60% of it would be wiped out. Or they would need to build or self-construct and complete their homes. So they have gone to the appellate tribunal and they have alleged some financial fudging by Darwin. We don't know what will come out of this. What is more important is that Union Bank, which is the largest corporate bank debtor, was part of the committee of creditors, approved the resolution plan, went to court. And it argued that this should be recalled because the valuation apparently was of 2018 
and things had changed, market dynamics had changed between 2018 and 2023. You'd wonder what the banks were doing in all this time. Anyway, NCLT dismissed Union Bank's request for an interlocutory order, saying very clearly that all its concerns should have been raised before the plan's approval in July 2023. Very correctly. Want to read the order? We're showing you a link. Or read it on Money Life's website. Now, most resolution pro proposals these days, the winning bidder brings in only a small amount of money. While it may seem like it, 1,800 crore, that was going to come over a 90-year period. So just about 100 crores would come in immediately for working capital, repairs, refurbishment, and maintenance. It was also going to provide for redemption of the non-convertible debentures, and the bulk of money, 1,371 crore, like I said, would come over nine years. Was this happening? No. Instead, now State Bank of India, which was also part of the Committee of Creditors, had also approved the resolution, has woken up to challenge it before the National Company Law Appellate Tribunal over the treatment of statutory dues in the NCLT approval order. This case is going to come up next week on 10th of Jan. Now, due to the continued legal wrangling, Darwin has not invested funds in line with the order because they said, Time was lost due to litigation, and now more time is being lost because of the SBI litigation, so nothing's going to happen. I personally think that it's highly suspect that these two banks, which have allowed bad debts to rise to 8,000 crore, are doing everything possible to what seems to be sabotage the resolution. Remember, a private city is vastly different from factories and businesses that just shut down when there's no money. So they go bankrupt, they stop production, stop services and shut down. But a city, and there are very few private cities built in India, the successful examples like Magarpata, but this was not just a city, it was much larger, a hill station. As an anguished residence of Lavasa tells me, this is a city, a living organism with thousands of people residing there, including ex-servicemen who sold their homes elsewhere to settle here. There are 2,000 students studying at the university and they have nowhere to go. Why? Because as things stand, Lavasa's infrastructure is in such a sad state of disrepair. Street lights have been switched off. Water supply and garbage collection is erratic. And the staff invariably has to resort to strikes in order to get paid. A source tells me that under the NCLT order, a monitoring committee was set up, comprised Union Bank's representative, Darwin Group's representative and a resolution professional. The resolution professional was supposed to only implement the orders. They were mainly to issue checks to ensure that the city keeps functioning and it is maintained as it should be. But banks have apparently displayed very little interest in organizing meetings or ensuring that the committee functioned effectively. In fact, it was largely defunct. Then on the product of the government, this committee has recently been reconstituted. Yet, the finance ministry is clearly watching all this, but is silent on the delaying tactics of PSPs. Remember, banks in the public sector have RBI as the regulator, but the finance ministry is the administrative ministry whom they report to. This column has repeatedly and consistently highlighted that bankers never face the consequences for bad loans. Why? Because bad loans happen slowly. They build up over a period of number of years. Maybe the people responsible retire, go, whatever, but get transferred. So no one's held accountable. 
But shouldn't there be accountability when you start legal challenges within months after you've been part of a committee that approved a res resolution process? And when this is happening, shouldn't the finance ministry intervene and ask questions? Because who else will question these banks? The lack of questioning has consequences. Public sector banks in India have written off 10.5 lakh crore as bad loans in just five years alone, the past five years. And the exchequer regularly infuses public money into PSBs to paper over the whole of bad loans. So they recapitalize these banks. It is their job as the ministry, while they're giving funds to banks to ensure that they behave in a responsible manner, especially when the actions of banks are affecting unsecured creditors, homeowners, and also debenture holders. Now, if indeed that everybody has serious concerns about the Darwin Group, the homeowners do, the banks have problems, then find a way to scrap it. The government needs to intervene. You need a new approach to save a smart city and a private hill station in a country that badly needs new smart cities, new tourist and leisure destinations, because people have money, want to spend, their spending keeps the economy chugging, and there are not enough places to go to. Now let's make a comparison. Just around the time that Lawasa went bankrupt, a far larger consortium giant consortium, the Infrastructure Leasing and Financial Services, with over 348 companies and 1 lakh crore of debt went bankrupt. The government uh, sacked the board, appointed a different committee, and found a way which was a hybrid between the resolution under bankruptcy and work done by the new board, which was empowered to do things. If this could happen, and the recovery through ILF is in the same five years has been significant and much better than through the bankruptcy process, then can't we find an out-of-the-box different solution for Lavasa with just 8,000 crore of outstanding and a big chunk of the city already built? Maybe you cancel it and appoint a committee, figure out a commercially viable strategy. Lavasa, like I said earlier, is close to this beautiful Munshi Dam, close to Pune City. Pune City has huge investment in education and technology, especially by the IT sector and the education sector. So it has the potential to develop into a knowledge city and a thriving tourist destination. Do we have people who can pull it off? Of course we do. Someone with a background of Amitabh Kant, remember, responsible for Kerala as a tourist destination, he could pull this off as ease if he's properly empowered. And this will salvage the game changer bankruptcy law, which is now proving to be a stumbling block to any kind of resolution. What we need is proactive action that would transform a failed project into a national success and create a new template for resolution. If you agree, please share this. Let's make a noise and make it happen. Thank you.